Today's daf is Pesachim Ayin Hay, and it is a pleasure to teach this amazing daf. We've just started a pair of Ketzad Solin. Let us start with our sponsors for, for Thursday. We have a Talmud Torah sponsorship by the Elbaum family for the recent yard site and memory of Gerald Elbaum, Yaakov Kiffel, Ben Avraham Menachem Zal, loving father of Avron, Sean, and Judah Elbaum, and loving husband of Shirley Elbaum. May his memory be a blessing and remain eternal in our hearts. And by Bracha Strimber, in loving memory of Avi Strimber, Avraham Ben Kalman Eleazar Levi Zal, on his ninth yard site. We have a week of learning sponsor by Gail and Doug Stanger, in honor of their grandson, Etiel Mordechai Weinberg, who will become a bar mitzvah in Parshas Yisro, and also be called the Torah Shvat 23, Morning Midian, Bar Hashem, so that this unprecedented time family members can share in this Simcha Mazel Tov. And by Moshe Devorah Werdesheim for Rafu Shlema for Yara Golit Bashai Etzel. We also have a Daf Yomi sponsorship by Bobby and Lisi Lilienfeld, in honor of the birthday of their son, Yosef, Mazel Tov Yosef. And by Michael and Rachel Terniansky, in commemoration of the second yard site of, of Rachel's brother, Leib Delman, Arya Leib Shaya Ben Avraham Yitzhak Hersha Levi Zol. Thank you to all our sponsors for helping us bring the Dafyomi to the entire world and to the, all of Baltimore. So, Baruch Hashem, we are at the top of Ayn Hay, which is Allah Shalom, so it's appropriate for some of the sponsorships. And we have started the parak of Ketzod Solid. How do we make a barbecue? Carbon Pesach, so all of our barbecue experts are waiting for the snow to melt and the weather to get a little better so we can fire up the grill and roast our Zecher, the Carbon Pesach, but we saw yesterday we don't want to make it like a Carbon Pesach exactly because then someone might make a mistake. Instead of saying Zecher, the Carbon Pesach, they'd say Ze Carbon Pesach and then they'd be eating Kochim Bechutz. This is a reason why during the Pesach Seder we say that the shank bone, the Zeroa, is a Zecher, the Carbon Pesach, but we don't point at the bone when we say that. We point and say that this is the matzah, this is the maror, but if you look at some of the footnotes and some of the uh, Haggadot of Pesach, they say, don't, don't point to the Zeroah, because someone might say, Zei carbon Pesach, instead of Zei Zecher the carbon Pesach, and that Zecher and that Zei, they do make a difference. We mentioned yesterday the famous Todos Ishromi, Todos in Rome, had them roasting a lamb on Pesach as a Zecher, and they got, the other sages got mad at him and said that you're close to bringing Am Yisrael to making a mistake and accidentally consecrating uh, Kodshim Bahut. So you have to be careful about roasted meat on Pesach. We mentioned yesterday, we do not roast any kind of meat for our Pesach Seder, for our Seuda. But if somebody, uh, we saw also Brisa, if it was boiled, then it wouldn't be considered roasted. So the Eitzah in, in some of the Mepharshim, uh, some of the postgame, they bring down if a woman accidentally roasted for Pesach Seder, that you could fix it by going ahead and cooking it, boiling it after, doing something else so it's not simply roasted, it also has something else done. So good, we're at the top of Ayin Hay at the two dots, Ein Solon a Pesach. So going back to our Mishnah, what, are, what is this actually going on? <coughs> it says, Ein Solon a Pesach, Lo Alashvud, not on a metal stick. Remember, we used a stick made of pomegranate wood which is why if I were in charge of JNF right now, I'd be planting pomegranates all over Eretz Yisrael. If you move, if you're Zohar to make Aliyah, plant some pomegranates, please, we're gonna need a lot of them. So we don't do it on the shvot of metal, we use pomegranate instead, velo ala askala, and not on a grill. So we're going on this lo ala askala business. We say, maise listor, because what's going on in the Mishnah? We say we don't use an askala, and then immediately after that, we say, amar rabitzadok, maaseh, b'rabban gamliel, shamar latavi avdo, he said to Tavi, the famous, his famous Tamad Racham slave, Go roast this up the carbon Pesach on the grill. Remember we mentioned yesterday 
that according to according to some the, the Nitziv and the Rav Yaakov Emden and others, this was after the Chorban Beis Mikdash. Remember, we spoke out that there was this whole discussion if you could bring a Karban Pesach after the Chorban, and it appears that they did. So if this was really a Karban Pesach, then why is he using a grill? The Gemara here says, Maisa Listor. We usually have a Maase. This is not a Baba Maisa. This is a real Maase, like Halachala Maase. So we usually have a story and a, an illustration to prove the Mishnah, not to be Soser, not to be Listor, not to undermine or contradict the Mishnah. There's something missing from the Mishnah. This is how you should teach it. So what happened is different explanations what it means, something's missing. Would they really have a, a Mishnah that's missing? Perhaps when they compiled the Mishnayot, there were different versions. There's different teaching, different ways to teach the Mishnah, different Baraisot, which were outside of the Mishnah. And maybe they, they had started learning a version with these words missing, and then they realized it would be better to use the words, or at least to have the Talmudim learning the Gemara to, to put in these words when they were explaining it. This is how you should teach it. If it is a holy askala, if it's a grill with a, a gap, not a grill that's that's where the, the the metal is tight together, but it has quite a bit of spacing, mutter, that would be mutter. The Rashi here explains, uh, he says, there's actually a very large gap, between one pole to the next of this grill. So you're actually, the carbon Pesach is not directly on the grill, but it's on the shvud, it's on the, the stick of pomegranate wood. Uh, and he says the entire Pesach is actually not touching the metal grill, you're actually using the metal grill to hold up the spit. So now that the, 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 your, your animal, your carbon Pesach, is not actually touching this grill, you're just using the beams of the grill as a place to put your shvud of rimon, so now instead of having it standing up in, in the fire, it's going across the fire. So Rashi is saying it doesn't touch the metal at all. The Rambam actually says it could touch the metal, but we're dealing with it's widely spaced, so the fire will get in between. It's not a, a tight grill you know, with the metal close together. It's got a lot of spacing, so the Rambam would allow it even to touch the metal. Um, the Ravid says that's, that's kind of an issue with the next Mishnah. We're going to see it shouldn't be touching anything, but the, the Rashi says definitely it's not touching. Good. So that's all about grilling, so we can get ready to fire up our grills when the snow melts. Amr Rabbi Tzadok, Maiser, Rabbi Gamliel, Shem Latavi Avdo. So he's he's um, he's repeating the Mishnah. Say it's Olano Esa Pesach, Allah Askula Menu Keves on a holy grill, a grill with wide spacing. According to Rashi, wide enough that it doesn't touch. According to the Rambam, wide enough spacing for the fire to really get in there and uh, do its work on the carbon Pesach, so we can call it Sli Eish, and not that the metal is being heated up and the metal is roasting. So we saw yesterday that was the problem of using a metal stick. So he has this question. An oven that you fired up your oven with the shells of Orla. You've used uh, some kind of Orla wood, Orla fruit. As we understand, Orla is, is the fruit of the first three years, and you're not allowed to eat it. But what about if you had, you had uh, orange peels or nut shells or whatever it is? The clipe, the clipping, the shells of it, of Orla, and you fired up the oven. Now remember, in the second parak already, we saw this was a problem. If you baked bread, you baked your matzah in such an oven that was fired up with shells uh, with, of Orla, then it would be usser. Now then, then they said, what if it was Orla and something else? Maybe it was the famous concept, zev zegorem, this and this are causing it, they're causing it together. If it was mutter firewood and Orla together, there were some who were matirit, because zev zegorem, 
And they said, what if you fire the oven for the first time with Orla? And we know the first time you fire an oven, this is a clay oven, that first firing sort of solidifies and hardens the oven. So it's sort of the makeh patish, the final step in making the oven. So now there was an opinion that the entire oven should be shattered and smashed. You can't use it because you've used Orla to sort of create that oven. So anything after that would be relying on the Orla. So in this case, you've fired up your oven with Orla, the Garfo, and then you swept out the coals. You swept out this Orla fuel. So now you have a hot oven with no fuel inside, no Orla inside, but it's still hot. And then you stuck your pas, your pizza bread, to the side of this oven, and it's still hot. It's hot enough to bake your bread, but there's no more Orla in it. To the one who says it was usher to do so back in the second parak, that, that such bread was not muttered to eat, Maho, what would be the din if you had swept it out already? So now if you don't have the Orla firewood inside, you're just relying on the heat in the oven, so the bread that you bake in such an oven would be mutter. The firewood's not there anymore. Amar lay, so he said back, Vahamar of Hindan the Sava, Rav Kinnan of the elders said, Amar Rabbiasi, then Rabbiasi, Amar Rabbiochan, then Rabbiochan, Taner Shehisiku, an oven that you fired it up, Vigarfu, and then you swept out all the firewood, all the burning sticks and embers and coals, Vitsilaboesa Pesach, then you roasted your Pesach in such an oven, Einzeit Sliesh. This is not really Sliesh. So before I go on, Garfu is a Lushan we had in the Gemara in Shabbos. Remember in the third parak of Shabbos, we talked about all the different ovens and the different shaped ovens, the cone oven, the, the rechayim, and the double oven. And we said that there was a heter on Shabbos to leave your food on the stove if it was garuf, if it was swept out. So this is the exact same process we're talking about. You fired up the oven, you got it hot, and then for Erev Shabbos, if you already swept out the coals or you covered the coals, it would be mutter to leave the food on Erev Shabbos to keep it warm. You could leave your chicken soup on because if the coals are swept out, you can't stoke the coals. The problem of leaving the food on the fire is you could stoke the coals, or in our case, perhaps adjust the knobs. So if the knobs are covered up, we say that's like grufa katuma. or if you swept out all the coals, you can't stoke the coals anymore, so that's garf. That's the same word here, garfu. You swept out all the coals, swept out all the firewood. It's not a sleish anymore, because there's nothing on fire anymore. It's hot, the oven's hot enough to roast, but it's not, it doesn't have a fire in it. It says in the Torah, you have to roast it in the fire in two different places. Two different psukim uh, tell us to roast the carbon Pesach in the fire. And this isn't the fire, it's in a hot oven. So the reasoning is the Torah revealed to us, twice. So we really need Sli'esh. We need an actual open burning fire inside of the, we need the burning fuel inside the oven. If the Torah had not revealed this to us, we would have thought this is a tzliyesh, that even uh, oven heated up, but then garuf swept out, there's no burning uh, fuel in there. Amalei gali rechman says the Torah reveals it there by carbon Pesach, you'll feel it in and we learn out of Pesach, so too for the Orla case. Ibaisema, or you could say, chasam taima dekasav rechman tzliyesh, there by carbon Pesach, it has to tell us we roast it on the fire twice. Halokasav rechman tzliyesh, because if the Torah hadn't told us you roast, on Sli Aish, Pesach on the fire twice, Havamina Aish Kapid Rahmana, that the Torah is Makpid on Aish, on having an actual flame, Afilu Garfu, of having Aish, sorry, having the heat of fire, Afilu Garfu, even if you'd swept it out, then maybe that would be okay for a carbon Pesach. So the Torah has to write Sli Aish twice, uh, so we know that Afilu Garfu Nami is, is not Sli Aish, because you've taken out the fuel, the burning fuel is out of the oven, it's just a hot oven, okay, it's hot enough to roast. 
but you need the actual fuel burning under the carbon Pesach. Uh, you would have thought that, sorry, you would have thought that even if you swept it out, it's a Tzli Eishu, it's considered Tzli Eish. But here, by the case of Orla, you've, you've heated up your oven with Orla, and then you've swept out the Orla fuel that's burning. The Torah is makbid that we don't use Orla. Orla is an Isr Hana, you have, to, you have to bury it, you have to get rid of it, flush it. You can't use it at all. So eighteen the Torah copied Rahmana, where the Torah is is particular that we do not use this wood. Halesnahu, and now it's not here anymore. So now you've swept it out of the oven. You have a hot oven. Okay, the oven got hot else the orla, but you have a hot oven, the Misa, you could bake your bread in it because the orla is not here. <coughs> so here's a different way to prepare the Pesach. In the Brisa we taught Khatchu, you cut up your carbon pesach, the not new algabegoholi, when you put it on coals. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe Yehuda Nasi, he says, Omer Ani, I say, Shazayt Tzli Eish. He says, I say this counts as a Tzli Eish. We saw before, it's a, it would it's usually put on a stick, and the stick was put into the burning coals, and the coals would roast it. And here he's saying you cut it and put the meat directly on the coals. He said that's good enough for Tzli Eish. Now this Lashon Omer Ani is strange, and if you've been counting, it appears 15 times in Shas. I didn't count, I had to, to look it up. Uh, in Rabbi Yosef Engel, he explains Omer Ani is a Lashon Anava. It's like saying, in my humble opinion. We know that Rebbe was a very humble man, even though he's very rich and a big Talmud Chacham and the leader of the community was very humble. He says Omer Ani. And is actually these words, Omer Ani, appear one other time in Tanakh. They appear in Tehillim Memhei when the David the Melech says, Omer Ani Masai Lamelech. He says, I say my actions are for Hashem's sake and I will be Eit Machir. I will be a swift scribe. And that's a remez, according to Rav Yosef Engel, it was, it was a nevuah that David Melech had, that one of his descendants, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was a descendant, direct descendant of David Melech, would have to do something, L'shem Shemaim, and write something down. It says, Omerani, Ma'asai Lamelech, my action is for the king, I will be, I'll be a, a swift scribe. This is referring to the Kesiva of the Mishnah. It was a nevuah, in Tehillim there's a nevuah of David Melech, uh, that his descendant would write down something, and it wasn't... It's, you understand, Torah pay shouldn't have been written down, but it was also all the, you know, the deprivations and the persecutions that were going on in, in Roman times after the Chorban that they decided we, we need to start compiling the Mishnayot, writing them down, having a unified corpus of halakha that will go with the Jews everywhere in Golot, into every country, we'll have the same Mishnayot everywhere. Baruch Hashem, that was a, that saved the Jewish people, to have the same Torah. We didn't have a temple anymore. We had the same Torah, the same Mishnayot was compiled, and now the same Gemarots are learned every single day, every country in the world, every place in the world. We have Dafyomi every day, uniting the Jewish people. So this was Omer Ani. That's the only reference Omer Ani in Tanakh is this Pasuk, which is David Melech's Nevuah about Rebbe, according to Rabbi Yosef Engel. Can't make this up, it's Rabbi Yosef Engel. So he says, Omer Ani, if you put the meat directly on the coals. Rami Le, we have a contradiction to this. Rabbi Chadvoi brings a kasha on him. Uh, Bar Ami, the Rav Chista. He says, Mi Amar. Are you going to tell me putting it directly on the coals is considered aish? Is it sliyesh or minhu? We'll compare from a brisa about nigaim, about some of the tsaras, some of the spots the, that uh, they see on people were from a burn. Michvas aish, a burn from fire. Ainli elish nechva ba'ish. I would only know that this refers to mamish of fire. Nechva be'gecheles. What if it's from coals? Beremets or from hot ash? Besidroteach or uh, is, uh, it's like a, they use for plaster. It's like a lime kind of plaster substance. It's boiling. 
gypsum that's boiling, anything that is heated up by fire, not just fire itself, anything heated up by fire, or even boiling water, even hot water, how do you know this counts as a riba, a burn and a burn is riba. So it's mikva eish, and then the end of the says mikva again. So any kind of burn that's been caused by something heated up by fire, not just fire itself, counts as a burn. So the reasoning we include it is because the Torah added the word mikva, as mikva twice, a burn twice. So any burn from heat counts for tsaros. Halo rabbi rachmana mikva mikva. We would have thought coals are not fire. We're talking about not coals with a fire blazing out. We're talking about hot coals. So we would have thought that's not a valid fire. And this is a problem for Rebbe, who says you could put the Korban Pesach directly on the coals. He says, coals made of wood doesn't require a puzzle. Coals made of wood, they're burning. They're made of wood. They're compacted, uh, pre-burnt wood, and now, now they're burning, so it doesn't need a puzzle, the rabuye. Because we understand burning wood is the epitome of fire. So we don't need to include that. That's obviously a fire. Needed for any gecheles, any kind of coal, any kind of heated up substance which is made of metal. So you're telling me that something heated up, a metal that's heated up, a molten metal is not fire. But what kind of punishment does a bas kohen shezinsa, that she committed adultery, Yet she gets a very bad uh, punishment, as we learned in Sanhedrin just uh, two and a half years ago. In the fire, we burn her. Rav Matna, what Rav Matna explains the, that this is not literally, we do not throw the Basko and Shizinsa on the fire. What happens is, Batila they made a wick of lead. They prepared a molten lead. Uh, shiny and actually poured the lead into her mouth, and the sreifa was done, we're going to see, from inside out. Shiny chasam, that's different by the Bas Kohen, in the fire she shall be burned. So tisaref, rabbis ko sreifa sabas min ha'esh. So this word tisaref, she shall be burned, so it's not just ba'esh, ba'esh tisaref, in the fire she will be burned. So she'll be burned with something that comes out of the fire, which is this molten lead. And Koshagan and Kalvachomer, you could use Eish Atzma, fire itself. So Eish Tisaref, even something heated up by fire, not just fire itself. So why don't we surround her with bundles of vines, which are highly flammable, Vinikla, uh, and they will, will light it up if we could just use fire itself. Why, why, why do you go to the trouble of melting down lead to pour in? Because you learn burning from the sun's of Aharon. This is the first two sons, Nadav and Avihu. Malahalan Sreifas Neshama Vaguf Kayim. So just by the sons of Aharon, what happened was their Neshama was burnt up and their goof was still there. Their body was still there. That's why they had to be carried out of the Kodesh Kodashim after, you remember, Nadav and Avihu went in to offer Keturis without being commanded. And Hashem took them uh, for, for doing this. Avkan Sreifas Neshama Vaguf Kayim. So two, we, uh, by the Basko and Shizinsa, we, we burn her from the inside out. We don't burn from the outside in, we burn from the inside out by using this hot lead. So there's an amazing hara and, uh, about Nadav and Avihu. <coughs> and uh, actually I actually have notes, it's so good. This is something that when we were learning Shmini last year, I, I, would, I would say this is my Torah, but this is Hashem's Torah that Hashem chose to reveal through me. It's got nothing to do, it's, it's Hashem's Torah. It, it's good. So this is what Nadav and Avihu did. They went in there 
and they offered incense, offered ketores, without, without being commanded to do so. And the Gemara says, what was their sin? Well, they were more a halacha, they didn't ask the Rebbe, they made a decision by themselves to go in and do that. There's another reason they, were, they were, had been drinking, they drank wine, and another reason, they didn't get married. So Hashem revealed to me, these are all the same reason. It's all the same reason, it's one big reason. And what they did was they didn't get married, they didn't start a family because they held themselves out as being not ready. They weren't ready to get married. There's an amazing Gemara, and it's in Kedushin 29b. And it says, Are you going to learn Torah or get married? Torah, learn Torah first, and then get married. He can't, um, can't go, go on without a wife. He has, you understand, bodily desires. Yisa'isha, so he should get married. And then he'll learn Torah with a clear mind because there's an, a healthy outlet. He says, really, you should, he advises uh, Rabbi Yehuda Marshmul, you should, you should get married and then learn Torah. And then Rabbi Yochanan replies, this is famous, uh, he says, with a millstone around your neck, you're going to be busy in Torah? How could you get married and start a family and, and be osik, put all your energy into Torah? By definition, if you're married and you're starting a family, you can't put all your energy into Torah. By definition, you can't do that. It's a millstone, says Rabbi Yochanan. So the Gemara answers, halon halahu. So one is for Bavel, one is for Eretz Yisrael. And they bring, uh, Mepharshim there, uh, explain that in Bavel they would get married and then make a Sheva Brachas Mazel Tov and the Chazon would leave. He'd go to Eretz Yisrael and learn Torah. You know, for a year or two or three, depending on the financial situation. And the families of the, the Hassan and Kola would support the bride and the groom also when, while he's away in Kola. But they support her. He, she wasn't even in the same country. So he was free to learn Torah. He was married, Baruch Hashem, but he was free to learn Torah completely because his wife was taken care of. In Eretz Yisrael, they were poorer. So they would, they would uh, learn Torah first and then get married later once they had achieved something in Torah. But in either event, the idea is that a young man has to find his own voice in Torah. He has to find his own hashkafa tachayim. He has to find his direction in life. Before he gets married, he has to have some Torah under his belt. He has to have some life experience. He has to become a man who can be the leader of a wife and children, be the leader of a family. That's in either event, in either place, that's the pshat, is a boy can't just be a little boy. He has to make something of himself. He has to start becoming a man before he's thinking about getting married. And um, you understand in our generation, this could be a little later, so maybe, we, maybe he wants to go to, maybe he wants to go to, go to, a, to a year in Eretz Yisrael first, maybe he wants to go to college first, some even want to go to grad school first or med school first. We understand it's a little different. In any event, the, um, a man has to become something before he wants to go get married. He has to be something before he can be a leader to a wife. Not of an avi who said, we're not ready. We're not leaders. We haven't learned enough Torah. We haven't become the high level we need to in Avodah Hashem that we can uh, think about leading a wife and raising children. We're not ready. That's why they didn't get married. But what did they do? They were more a halacha bifnei rabbo. They ignored Moshe and Aaron, and they made a decision to bring the Ketoris, which shows they thought they were ready. So they were holding themselves out externally as saying, we're not ready, we're, we're unworthy, we're still Talmudian, we're still too young, we're not ready to have a wife and children. But then they made this decision without Moshe and Aaron to go into the Kodesh Kadashim to bring Ketoris without Hashem asking. And not only that, they drank wine first to show that they could do an avoda even when they were a little distracted, a little intoxicated. 
so it, it's it's so sir. It's it's tohu lo kabaru. The inside was not like the outside. On the outside, they're saying we're not ready, we're too humble, we're too low. And, and then they went into the Kodesh Kodashim. They said they said we 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 are ready to connect to Hashem. So it was the contradiction, and this is why they, they were punished. So it's all one reason. It's all one reason they didn't get married, but they still they still in halacha without the Rebbe, and they still drank wine before they did the avoda. So they, that was contradictory. That's why they were punished. Understand, if they were married, their wives probably would have said, don't, don't do that, don't do that. That's a bad idea. So that, they would have been saved, saved from that by the, just the chachmas nashim ban sabaisa, the wisdom, the everyday wisdom, practicality of women, it would have been a, um, a moderating factor in, in their spiritual fire. You understand, they were very holy. That's why Hashem took them. They were They were the holiest ones there because they were so attached to Hashem. And this is, again, why their neshama was burned up. Their neshama was burned and their goof was still there. Their neshama was totally attached to Hashem, but their goof, since they never got married and had children, wasn't being used fully for avodas Hashem yet. So their goof wasn't burnt up, only the neshama, because only the neshama level was attached fully to Hashem and not the goof. So that was... So that, I, Hashem revealed that. That's, that's in Shemini over there. So that's, that's why we learn from them to the Sota, why we do the fire from the inside and not the outside. <coughs> Good. Guf Kayim Navi La Or. So why don't we make for her a very hot fire? Bishum the Rav Nachman, Dhamma Rav Nachman, Amr Krav Nachman says, Vehavtularecha Kamocha. Famous Pasak, Vehavtularecha Kamocha, Zaikla Golubatura. What does Rav Nachman say? It means Barala Misayafa, give your friend a good death. The means give him a good way to die, not so much pain. Don't you know? We don't want to burn the person alive and from the outside, and it's horrible. And you understand? We want them to die. You understand? They're, they're a sinner and they're high of misa. They have to die. The, the Sanhedrin is poskined, but we don't want it to be painful and agonizing and embarrassing. So since we have Rav Nachman, why do we need to compare them to the Bnei Achron who were burned from the inside out? Uh, um, we're not comparing them to Bnei Aharon, the not of an Avihu, Havamina, Strifas Neshama, Vaguf Kayim, Love Strifahui. We would have thought that's not a valid way to be executed by Strifa, to have the inside burned and the outside still there. And if we're using the reasoning of Rav Nachman, it should be a Misa Yafa, Haftarecha Kamocha, they should die quickly. Why don't we bring a lot of bundles of vines, they're highly flammable vines, Tuva, a lot of them? that she's going to die very quickly because it'll be an extremely hot fire, a lot of flame, a lot of fire. So Kamash Malan, that we, uh, that we rely on the Gzera Shava of Nadav and Avihu, that we burn her from the inside out, we pour molten lead uh, into her throat to burn her inside out, we don't bring a lot of vines from the outside and burn her inside. Now if we remember, Sanhedrin Nun Beis Avid Beis. There was a Misa that Rav Chama Bartuvia uh, took a Baskawin, and surrounded her with a lot of dry vines and burnt her up. It happens. It's in the, they're in the Sanhedrin, then base on the base. And they had a problem with it. They said, what did you do that for? You, you've made two mistakes. First of all, we don't burn a Bas Cohen with vines from the outside. We use the molten lead from the inside. Didn't you learn Pesachim Ein And second of all, there was no Bez, there was no Misas Bezdin anymore. There was no Misas Bezdin because there was no Bezdin. They weren't on the, there was no Sanhedrin on the Temple Mount. So Rav Hamad Bartubia was much later on. How could you do that? So the Mephashim there say, it wasn't a real Misa Spestin, it was a Horas Shah. It was something done for a, because the time needed it, because uh, it was like a one-off, because that, that particular generation in that particular place was tilting towards its nus. 
And this was an action intended to shock the public away from that decline into znus, into adultery. And so, they, so he burned the Bas Cohen in fire, because that's the din. But he changed it up on purpose. He used the vines on purpose to show this wasn't a Mises Bezdin. It wasn't an official sanctioned Sanhedrin execution. It was actually a Haras Shah, and that's why he did the vines. So, so Rav Chama uh, Bartuvia had an answer for his, according to the Farshim, had an answer for why he did that. But he did the, the vine method, but that's not an officially sanctioned method. So why does the Torah say ba'esh? Why are we tisarif ba'esh? If tisarif is good enough to execute the Bas Cohen, we burn her with molten lead. Why does it say ba'esh? This excludes lead from its origin. Rashi says sometimes you would mine lead and it would be warm, it would be hot and already melting, already flowing. And it's, it's, a, it's a shtickle strange, it's a little bit strange, but it could be perhaps if it's near a geothermal vent, if it's near some, some hot uh, materials in the earth, it could be melted. There's other mafarshim in, in the Quran, they bring down a note that perhaps this means mekaro is when you originally mine lead from the ground, it's mixed with all sorts of impurities and it's not going to burn very well. It's not going to become molten because it's, the lead is mixed in with other metals and other slag and other things. So we actually have to refine it to make this wick of lead in order to, to have a proper burning of the bascone. We can't just use the raw material we get out of the ground. Good, first wide line. Amar le Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbi Zeira. Rabbi Yirmiyah says to Rabbi Zeira, Kol ba'eshtisarv. Is it true that everywhere it writes, in the fire you will burn, the rabbis kol shreifos? It includes any shreifos, habaus, machmas esh, anything hot that's been heated up by fire, like we said, by the mikvah, the burn by tzeras, and the bas kohen's execution with the hot lead. What about the bulls that we burn? Now, there's a few times we burn the bulls. There's a bull hatas for the Kohen Gadol, who made a mistake, for the Sanhedrin, who made a mistake in Pesach, and on Yom Kippur, there is a par hanisraf, the, the par that's, uh, that goes bifnim, that we sprinkle the blood inside, and that one's entirely burnt up. And these are chatas, with their special chatas, that we burn the par entirely. A normal chatas of a, of a normal animal, the Kohanim actually eat Parts go on the mezbech and parts are eaten, but these bowls are burned entirely. And it says, It says you burn it, these, these bowls that are chataut, uh, on the wood in the fire. Betanya and the Brisa explains, It has to be in a fire, and not with lime that's boiling, and not with gypsum that's boiling, and we understand not with these other hot items. So here, take a look here. So there it writes tisarf, and then right after tisarf you burn it. The rabot kol says with with fire you burn it. That would include, like we said, by the bas kohen, anything that's heated up by fire or by the itzaras. Uh, any shreifa that comes on account of fire, the fire heated up water, and that created the mechva, created the burn, and that's a valid sarat. By these bowls that have to be burnt up entirely, it says you burn him on the wood in the fire. So instead of being esh to saref with the fire, we understand that bi can mean in, it also means with, or it can mean by means of. Ba esh is not just in the fire, it can mean by means of fire. To saref, you burn it. Levasov esh has esh at the end. The memra de esh in. It's davka with fire, and not with something else to heat it up by fire. So there too it writes straight for the end. Turning over to Ahmed Beis. It says uh, by these 
bowls that are burned as a chatas. Al on the place you spill out the ash, that's where you burn it. Amrihahu Yasarif That Yasarif we need to know. The Kitatani, like the Bryce explains, Yasarif, we burn it there on the place of the Deshan, the place where we put the ashes from the Mizbeh. Even if there's not ashes there right now, because you've already cleaned out all the ashes, that sometimes they would clean the ashes when there are a lot of them. Yasarif, we burn it there. Yasarif, Afalpi, Shachetitsa or Berubo. Even though the fire is already um, taken to this to the majority of this animal, we keep tending to the fire and stoking the fire to get it entirely consumed by Aish. So it's all Shafiq Adeshin Yasarif. We need this Yasarif that we put it on the place of the Deshin and we burn it with Aish. Now the, the Trumas Adeshin is interesting because the first Avoda in the morning is taking a little bit of the ash off the Mizbeach to this Makam Shafiq Adeshin where we leave the leave this and it, it's a tremendous musr that our first avoda in the morning is sort of cleaning up from yesterday. We, we kind of take out the trash from yesterday. We want to clean up from yesterday and start the new day cleaned up. But it's also, it, it's a new day. We want, to, we want a clean slate to start on. So we, we're thinking about yesterday. We're also thinking about starting a new day. You can always start the day off on, on, a, on the right foot on the, with a new daf. So Baruch Hashem, we have a new daf every day for inspiration. Ravina Mar Krochotani. So put them together. And teach them together. So combining tsaras and the case of the party. Michvas eish enli elashinichva baish uvagecheles. We would only know from fire or from coals. Nichva beremitz. So what if it was hot ash? Besidroteach or burning lime? The gift sidroteach or boiling gypsum? The cold machmata or anything that's been heated up by fire? or even hot water. Boiling water can cause a michva for tsaras. Minayin. How do we know that's valid? Talmud Lomar. Michva michva. It says burn twice. Reba, like we had in Amon Aleph. So anything heated up by fire can cause a michva for Hilchos Tzras. Rava, Rami, Rava compares, Mi Amar Rabbi Gecholim Ikru Eish. Do we say that coals are Eish? Because on Amon Aleph we didn't say Gecholim. And here we're saying Gecholim. Riminhu, I have a contradiction that coals are not fire. Because by Keturis, by the incense, going back to Nadav and Avihu, here's what you do for Keturis. Gochale, you bring Gochale Eish, it's called. Coals of fire. Pasuk is actually lakach meloa machta. You take a full uh, incense pan, gochale eish, coals of fire. That's what we're going to be dorish now. Me'ala mizbeach from the mizbeach malifnei Hashem, the inner mizbeach umalochav nav ketores, and the handful of ketores somim dakav hevi mibeis labrochas. And you bring it to the to the curtains. We saw that said uh, we were learning about the um, the avoda. This was one of the most difficult avodot in the mikdash because he has to hold the coal pan very carefully and he has to take his his right hand to use do the kamitza to, to get the katoris out while he's holding the fire pan and he has to put them together. And then Yom Kippur he would have to hold it in his mouth to take the two hands full of katoris for Yom Kippur. So it's a very difficult avoda to be holding the hot coals and not spill a single drop of the katoris. So gochale eish is what's written there. Coals of fire. It says minhu gochale yachol omimos. You would have thought even smoldering coals, even coals that are that are that are black already, but it's still hot. Talmud lamar eish has to be eish has to be open fire. E eish if it's really a fire yachol shalhevis. You would think you need a flame, a really burning flame, not just hot coals. Talmud lamar gochale hakatesai. How can it be coals and fire? Those things are not the same. Maybe minalochishos. You bring from the whispering coals. I, th- I think the barbecue guys have a scientific term for this, but the, the coals that you understand, they're not smoldering, they're hotter than that. They're, they're you know, they're, they're, we say whispering is the translation here, but they're, you can see like they're kind of flickering, they're flickering coals. They're, they're still hot, they still have some fire inside the coal, even though the flame is not bursting out of the coal. Bahagu 
So this price itself is contradictory. Amrat, it says, Gochale, coals, Yachal Omimos, you would have thought even smoldering coals. Amalocha shows who. This would say the flickering coals, the ones with fire inside, are really considered open fire, considered Aish. A Masefa, E Aish, if the Pasuk had only written Aish, not Gochale Aish, Yachal Shalevis, you would have thought we need a really open flame. Tamalamar Gochale, we need coals of flame. Alma Afilu Lochashos, even whispering coals, these flickering coals, are lavation in who are not a valid fire. Amrav Sheshes Hachikatani. This is what the Brisa means. Gochale coals of Yachol Ben Amamos Ben Lochashos. If it just said that, you would have thought either smoldering coals or whispering flickering coals. Tamalamar Aish. So it says Aish fire. E Aish. If the pasuk only said fire, Yachol Shalavis, you need an open flame. We would have thought. Tamalamar Gochale Hakatsad coals of fire. How does that work? How do you bring these coals of fire for your kitzores? Maybe minalachashos, you bring from the whispering coals, the flickering coals that are burning inside. Mikomakom, gacholim lo ikriaish. So you see that coals are not called aish. And up above, you said by michva, coals are considered aish to cause a burn. Kasha le Rebbe. This is a kasha to Rebbe who says, remember, you could cut your carbon pesach up and put it directly on the coals, not necessarily on a spit. Amar baye tarts hachi. Here's what we have to answer this uh, by the Ketoris. Gochole yachol omimos. What if that gacholim coals is even smoldering coals? Velo lochashos, and not flickering coals. Tomalamar eish, so the the puzzle says eish also. E eish, if it said fire, yachol ratzah shal heves yavi, ratzah gehelis yavi. You would have thought you could bring open fire, or you could bring hot coals, burning coals. Tomalamar gochale haketzad, so what does he actually bring for his guitarist? Maybe min lochashos, he brings from these whispering coals, these coals with the fire inside. It could be that he, if he brings coals if he wants, or if he wants to, he could bring a flame itself. How do you find a flame, a burning open flame, without coals, without a fuel source? There's no such thing. You could go, and they say there is such a thing. You smeared the fire pan with oil. You put oil all over the pan, but no coals. And you lit that flame up, so now you have burning oil in the pan, but you don't have any coals, you don't have any firewood in there. That one you don't, why would I need a pasuk to exclude that? To exclude just a burning pan of oil without any coals. We wouldn't put this before a human king, Rashi says, because burning oil just by itself causes a lot of smoke, thick smoke, an annoying smell. It's not it's not their hurts. Of course, we wouldn't bring that to Hashem. Hashem, you understand, gets honor even more than a king. So you, you wouldn't bring this to a king. We, we have this concept by, um, by Bishal Akov, if it's Ole al Shulchan Malachim. A food is important if it would be served at a you know, royal banquet or at a presidential reception or something like this, then we understand it's something important. So here, too, we wouldn't bring this, this smelly, smoky oil uh, without any fuel source before a king. So Rabbi says, answer it like this. Gochale coals of, and our gochale eish. Yachol amimus would have thought even smoldering coals are good enough for burning your ketzores. Falolochashos, you wouldn't even need these flickering, whispering coals. Tamlamar eish, gochale eish. E eish, if it was a fire, yachol yavi machetza gecheles machetza shalheves. You would have thought that when you scoop it off of the mizbeach, what do you bring? You bring half coals and have fire. So you'd bring coals that the fire is leaping out of the coals. The mamish, the flame is is extant. It's rising out of these coals. But by the time you brought it in to offer the ketores, it's all going to be coals. If you scoop it up and it's coals with the fire rising out, 
by the time you march it over there into the base of Mikdash, into to the Mizbeach Ketores, it's going to be all coals. Talmud Lamar, Lakach Meloa Machta Gochaleesh. So the Torah actually tells you, you take a full uh, fire pan of the Gochaleesh, the coals of fire, Me'ala Mizbeach, that are on the Mizbeach. Mishas Lakicha, at the time of taking the coals, Nechave Gocholim, they should be really coals. So what's going on is you're taking these coals that are what we call luchashos, whispering coals, flickering coals. You look at them and you see the fire in them. You see they, they're yellow and they're black and they're orange. And it's, it's a beautiful sight to behold when you're making a barbecue. Ibailuhu, we have a linguistic question. Omabos o omimos? Mita aleph or mita ayin? And there's a there's not coming It's not the same word. It's often pronounced the same word, but it's not it's the same word. So we mock it on the ayin. Amar Yitzhak, he says there's a posak. The Pasuk in Yechezkel, Arazim lo Amamuhu, not Amamuhu, but Amamuhu, Began Elokim, Barushim, lo Damo, I have the whole Pasuk here. So he says these, these anyway, these Arazim, these cedars, are not Amamuhu, they're not uh, whispering, they're not rustling in the wind. So it's, we see it's Mitan uh, Ayin. We have time, we're going to do the Mishnah. The, the next Mishnah is Naga Bekharso, if you um, have your fire your tzli aish is going on in an oven, and the ovens are usually cheres, were usually made of ceramic, and the carbon pesach touched the wall of the oven, naga becharso, touched the cheres of the oven, shel tanar, yiklof, you peel off at mekomo, the place that the carbon pesach touched, you peel some of the meat or the skin off where it touched the oven. Because we saw yesterday in the Mishnah, it was a problem using metal, because if the metal is getting hot and is what's touching the meat, that would, that would be an issue. That's why you use a, a wooden stick. So here it's touching the oven, and it's not getting sliesh from the fire. It's getting cooked from touching the wall of the oven. So we peel that part off. We don't eat it. Nataf merotvo, if some of the, um, the juice, the gravy, dripped out of the carbon Pesach, alacheris, onto the wall of the oven, the chazar, and then it fell off the wall of the oven, chazar uh, alav, and it went back onto your carbon Pesach, yitul es mekomo, you take the place. So this is different. Yiklof is just peeling off the outer layer. Notel is kedenatila is one finger's width in. So this is actually halacha lemaisa. We say there's a difference between a klipa and a kedenatila. As we remember, all the tilas yadayim is on our fingers. Natila a yitl is kedenatila is one finger. Nataf merotvo. If some of the sauce dripped out, the hot gravy dripped out alasolis on the fine flour that you that uh, that you have there, yikmots. You have to make a kmitza, scoop out esmekomo the place it fell. Because uh, you, you can't have this, it's, it's going to, the taste of your carbon paste is going to go into that flour. Sachu b'shem and shuma, what if the anointed, they smeared, they, uh, you know, basted your carbon pesach with truma oil? Now, you remember, only kohanim can eat truma, like Rabbi Tarfan taught us a couple days ago. Im chaburas kohanim yochelu, if they're all kohanim in the group, they could eat that thing with truma oil on it, delicious. Im shal Yisrael, if there's Yisrael in the group. Im chayhu, if it's still raw, you haven't cooked it yet, yidichaynu, you can rinse it off. Im tzlihu, if it's already been roasted, yiklof esachitza, you just have to peel off the outer layer where the oil was touching it, because it's truma, Israel can't eat it. Sachu b'shaman shel if he anointed it with maizer sheni oil, lo yaseinu damim al b'nei chabura, you can't charge the other members for maizer sheni, we don't buy and sell maizer sheni and do transactions with maizer sheni. We can eat it in Yerushalayim, which is good, we're eating our carbon pesach in Yerushalayim, fine. But if they basted with Meister Shani, then you can't charge everybody else for your Meister Shani oil. If, if one of the guys from the Chabura used his oil, he can't charge anybody else because that's doing business with Meister Shani. We don't redeem Meister Shani in Yerushalayim. Now, this comes up halacha la where 
if you have yogurt on the top shelf of your refrigerator and you have chicken right underneath and the kids go in reaching for the orange juice and they knock over the yogurt into the chicken. Now it makes a difference, we, as we see with our, with our Paschal lamb. If that chicken underneath is raw, you just rinse it off, Rabbi All you do is rinse it off because you have cold chicken in the fridge and it's raw. It, it hasn't been dried out by heating up yet. You just rinse that yogurt off your chicken. Shalom al Yisrael. What if the chicken's already cooked? So then, well, there's, there's nafkaminas if it's spice. If, if it has cracks in it, the yogurt's falling in the cracks, you might have a bigger problem. If it's spiced, it might go in more as a bigger problem. But stop, if it's just cooked, then you have to be kolef. You have to peel off the outer layer because now that yogurt can absorb into the cooked chicken. You understand it's drier, there's more, has more susceptibility for other things to absorb into it as we see exactly by our carbon Pesach. I think this comes up more Lamaisa and Eretz Yisrael, where they have milk in the bags and the little pitcher, and then someone knocks it over onto the chicken, it's Lamaisa, but here, you know, it's, 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 there, there are nafkaminas between the Kedai Natila and the Kedai Klipa, or just simply rinsing it off if everything is cold and uncooked. So this, is, uh, this Mishnah is Nogea Lamaisa, for Allah Lamaisa, when we have spills in the refrigerator. Bose Shkoyach, pleasure.